Welcome to the 215th episode of the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast, the weekly quiz cast where two professional quiz masters talk about how to write and host great pub trivia, as well as quizzing each other and our guests on our favorite questions of the week. My name is Quizmaster Lee, and I'm here with fellow master of the quiz, Mark Davis. Oh, I just closed all my questions. Oh, no. Hi, how are you? Well, that's all right. We got a couple minutes here, you know, with our intro before we get to our quiz. They're already no. back up, Lee. There you go. Don't even, don't even worry your pretty little head about well, why it. Why don't you give me one right now, then, if they're so ready? <laughs> What's my favorite color? <laughs> that's not a good trivia question. How are you? I'm doing well. We had a uh, very busy week, almost a packed house. On Wednesday at Pointy Bell, and then we had uh, Disney Trivia, which uh, we set a new high, uh, highest attendance record on Saturday. So it's, it's pretty hot over there, and we have a lot of uh, cool events coming up scheduled with them, a lot of cool news coming up, as well as uh, some special events in the, uh, in the, uh, the I don't want to say in the rear view, in the, what would you say, looking forward? The windshield? <laughs> Looking through the windshield into if the we're, future we're at Ollie's. Car, yeah, yeah over we've the got hood. Things, we've got things planned at Boston. Good. At, at, at an exciting uh, rest of the year for No Nonsense Trivia at Pointy Bell Brewing Company and Ollie's Pub. Um, so, yeah, pretty happy about that. Good week trivia-wise. Um, that's about it. <laughs> you know, when I have Good. these special events, it takes a little bit extra prep time and stuff like that. So it does. Um, I was very happy with uh, Pointy Bell, though they they decorated for the Disney trivia. They had balloons hanging from the ceiling and a backdrop that people could take photos in front of. And the Hummingbird oh, Cafe sweet. was out serving up delicious food, tasty, mm-hmm. tasty food. You you might say tasty, tasty. Good stuff. How's always your week a sign been? of a good place. Uh, my week is good. Uh, my week uh, consisted of uh, work, and uh, Wednesday at Nice Guys was good and popping. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been good playing some music, uh, which is nice, and uh, getting accustomed to the Monday drop of uh, lyrics to go. So got that released in time, and uh, trying to get a couple in the backlog. So just. Staying busy, staying abreast, staying mm-hmm. abreast. Yeah. You just yes. recently dropped yes. the uh, outfield song, Your Love, on Lyrics to Go. Ooh. Yeah. That's one of those Ooh. that, yeah, it's it's a popular song. You're always kind of singing along to it, and it, you never really look at the lyrics too much. Uh, kind of like All I Want to Do is Make Love to You by Heart, you guys mentioned on the, the latest mm-hmm. episode. Um, mm-hmm. They kind of go hand in hand in that way. But it's a cool show you guys got going over there. Thank you. And you're I good at what you do you. as well. I appreciate you constantly supporting. You're a good man. Yeah, yeah. And we've got uh, some other friends that are going to support our show over here. We're going to be on Doubled Feature pretty soon. I don't think oh. we'll drop the movies that we're going to be talking about. But Mark has done an episode. I've done an episode uh, on the singular level. Now we're going to join forces as duo guests on Doubled yes. Feature. We're both going. And, Cannot uh, wait. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I was actually listening back to, I've been listening back to some old episodes and happened upon what I had, I had talked to, to Dan and Max both, um, Lasagna Boy Dan and Max, uh, about us being on together, which we had talked about doing a long time ago. And then we, I listened to an episode where they talked about how, uh, they were just on our show, uh, the No Nonsense Trivia podcast. And, um, 
that uh, we were going to be on together at some point. Max is moving soon. I said, we got to fucking, we got to get this bad the bitch going. The time is now. Mm. The time mm-hmm. is now. The time is now. And uh, we're recording soon. And I'm very excited. One of my favorite movies is one of the two movies. And the other one I have not seen. So I'm very excited. Yeah. Right on. Well, yeah. we've got a uh, exciting quiz for today's episode. Ooh. But before we get to yes. that, how about we go over a weekly wrap up? Oh, crrr. on Wednesday, we were at Pointy Bell Brewing Company for quiz number 441, which started with Team Yikes pulling ahead in a close lead in round one, with Threat Level Midnight picking up the most steam in round two. Mally Rules concluded the quiz with a strong third round, capturing the overall victory with 111 points. We Suck in second with 98 points, and Threat Level Midnight in third with 82 points. Quiz number 442 was on Thursday night last week at Ollie's Pub in Cape Coral, which began with a round one perfect tie between As You Wish and the Late Bloomers. But just the tips would find the advantage in rounds two and three, ending the quiz in first place with 101 points, the Late Bloomers in second with 91 points, and As You Wish in third with 56 points. And last Saturday... At Pointy Bell Brewing Company, as I mentioned, we held a special Disney quiz, which began with the backside of water securing an early lead in rounds one and two, but they faced tough competition in round three with the Dingle Hoppers ending our quiz in 132 points, Whistle While You Twerk in second with 118 points, and Howl's Wonderland tying with the backside of water in third with 105 points each. Howl's Wonderland uh, coming in costume, actually. We had uh, Alice from Alice in Wonderland and Mary Poppins on that team. Um, So thanks to them for dressing up, and thanks to everybody for coming out and checking out our magical Disney quiz. Mark, how did your teams do at Nice Guys Pizza this Wednesday? They did well, Lee. I had uh, last week's champions, Girls on Top, came back out and won the first and second rounds with 20 and 30 points respectively. However, they could not get the second sweep. HP Honeys winning the third round with 52 points. Girls on top had 42 points, only wagered six points on the last question. Had they wagered the full 20, they would have won and won two nights in a or two weeks in a row, uh, but they didn't have enough faith in themselves. They went small. No, they no, played no. small ball and uh and it cost them they were hurting <sighs> you hate yeah. to see it you hate to see it on zoom however i have a few teams that are guilty of doing that they usually sometimes end up in second and third place i think a little more often than they might if they uh if they committed to that final mm-hmm. wager but four this, teams this, four teams on zoom this week oh wow so the zoom uh the zoom action got a little heavier we got uh team captain matt playing with 67 points noka the butter boy uh 86 points noka elise and max's dog that ate a whole stick of butter wrapper and all champion um exactly winning uh Legend. getting the a, a perfect last round uh whiskey tango with 71 points in the feeble corn uh, with 20 points. So Noka the Better Boy winning the whole night. If they, if only they were local, they would have taken some prizes home. But they're getting accustomed, I think, to doing the long-distance thing. Mm-hmm. 
Indeed. Well, if you'd like to join us for trivia soon, Wednesdays we're live at Pointy Bell Brewing Company in Fort Myers, Florida for a no-nonsense trivia challenge based on your category requests. Please join us for your opportunity to win some free beer and bonus prizes, as well as to suggest categories for next week's quiz and to enjoy tasty, tasty food by our, our weekly food vendor. Our weekly quiz at Pointy Bell Brewing Company starts at 7.30 p.m. every Wednesday. Thursdays, we're in Cape Coral at Ollie's Pub, also at 7.30 p.m. We hope you can join us then for opportunities to win Ollie's gift cards, which can be spent on records, beer, t-shirts, comic books, and more. You can suggest categories for each week's quiz at Ollie's Pub every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. And please don't forget to join us on Saturday, August 27th at Ollie's Pub in Cape Coral for a special 90s music-themed quiz. You can win Ollie's gift cards there as well for being the biggest knowers on 50-plus quiz items covering music in the 1990s starting at 6 p.m. Saturday, August 27th at Ollie's Pub in Cape Coral. And, of course, every week in Cape Coral, you can play Mark's Trivia on Wednesdays at Nice Guys Pizza or on Zoom starting at 8 p.m. And please don't forget to follow No Nonsense Trivia on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. And join us on our Discord server to stay updated on all of our podcasts, streams, and events. Join us. Won't you? Okay, we met there. We met mm-hmm. each other. We met each other. Passing ships it in the night. It felt like the first time. <laughs> it felt like the first time we met each other. A note rang through history. Oh God, it's like the it's like the first shot. I'm gonna of miss the Max Revolution. and Elise, dude. Like they are my winningest team at No Nonsense Trivia. Um, and they're leaving it all behind. I know it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in their wake. You know what the future holds, Indeed. but uh, thanks to them for being such loyal trivia players here in Southwest Florida over the past couple years. Indeed. And uh, congratulations to them on all their brutality and victory in the trivia sector down here as well. They're going out on a high note, leaving a leaving behind a proverbial wasteland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. That's the way to do it. All right, why don't we take a little break, and then we'll come back for our first round of trivia. Yes. And we are back. Lee, I don't know if this will be an easy one for you or not. Uh, we'll see. In what country would you find a Daba Walla, a food delivery system that has existed since the late 1800s, which uses no technology? In what country would you find a Daba Walla, a food delivery system that has existed since the late 1800s, which uses no technology? No technology. That's an interesting distinction. A Dabawala is what you called it? Yes. In the late 18th, 1800s. Not 18th century, the 19th century. Mm-hmm. The 1800s. Yes, A sir. Dabawala. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. When you said it was uh, a, a food delivery system, did you say it was ancient? 
Or did you um, not use that word? No. Okay, I did good, not. Good. Because that's more recent. I don't know why. I, at first, I thought you were going for something very old. But this is something that's just kind of old, I would say. Yeah, I'd say it's pretty pretty old. Pretty old, yeah. but it's not ancient. We're talking these days about the Uber Eats. Yeah. We're talking about the Postmates. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the, the Grubhubs. We're talking uh, about the Dabawala. This is food delivery. Uh, the Dabawala. The Dabawala. It sounds uh, it, like it could be Australian or New Zealand. I wonder if it's a type of bird. Like we had uh, messenger pigeons here in the United States. I wonder if you would maybe tie a morsel to a a, a Dabawala's foot and uh, send it off to its destination. Chirp, chirp, chirp. Yep. Here comes my lasagna. <laughs> you can hear those tired wings flapping. Dabawala. Dabawala. D-A-B-B-A-W-A-L-A. Dabawala. This thing is... Uh, Known for its 90s hit, Counting Blue Cars. <laughs> the Dabawala. Because I'd really like to meet her. You know the one. Oh, I do. I like that song. It's a vibe. It is most a certainly a vibe. I have no idea. Um, I'm going to go with Australia. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. <laughs> The correct answer is India. 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 Okay, a dabawala. What is a dabawala? So a dabawala is a food delivery system where this is fucking nuts to me. And I strongly suggest, because I may get some of my facts a little bit wrong here. Um, I saw this on an episode of The Next Thing You Eat with David Chang, a very, very interesting series, very good series. I like David Chang. Well, then you'll like this show, Lee. And uh, they talk about... Um, a food delivery system that happens mostly in Mumbai um, where people cook for their significant others and they put them in this weird looking little container thing uh, where there's like multiple sections. It almost looks like a little baby keg and they give them to the Dabawala. So the system is called Dabawala and the people are called Dabawalas. Um, and then the Dabawala will take them all, put them on this giant fucking crate thing. You're describing that- it sounds like a lot of technology. No. Crates, what? boxes? That's technology. Yeah. You're fucking insane. No, that's technology. Anyway, you put all that, you put, they take all these things and they write some information on the tops of these containers with like a wax marker or wax pencil kind of They're thing. They're using pencils? And wax, wax pencils, that's technology. You're insane. No, I'm not. I, I think you should take that part out of the question, honestly. And, uh, okay. I mean, well, I, I was like, I was even going to argue that maybe a bird could be technology that, like, in a sense, but, you know, that's a stretch. But this is... The, well, hold all on to your butts. They also technology. use bicycles, so... That is also technology. Um, so, you okay. said in the question it uses no technology? Yes. That's wrong, my friend. There's technology okay. all over the place here. Noted. So they they uh, write down all this information. They deliver all this food to these different places because people have jobs, also technology, and they drop all the food off. Not only do they do that, but they also go back and pick them back up and drop the stuff back off to their house. And they do all this in a matter of hours. 
So there are all these people that go and drop off the food. The people eat their food and close up their little Dabawala container. The person comes back, grabs the container, and then puts it back on and goes wherever the hell they're going and brings the food container back to the house. That's amazing. It's unreal. Yeah. And and to see them doing it, it's it's I mean, they have these things that are like six or seven feet long where they hold all the little containers and they go, this is going to go on this, you know, this path or this train or what have you that's going to go here. It's going to go there. But I, yeah, the question I guess could have been worded in a way where it's like, it's not using any modern technology like cell phones, et cetera. Dungeons and dragons. My first question for you of the three core books published for each edition of dungeons and dragons, which features the game's bestiary. I remember who I was talking about with this with. It wasn't you. It was not me. Yeah. But I'm going to say it's the monster manual. That's correct. That's correct. Yes. Now, this is a pretty basic Dungeons & Dragons question, I think, if you're familiar with it. However, um, I asked this at one of our busier nights, and only a quarter of my teams got it right. So I think if you're getting this kind of uh, category requested, maybe at your trivia, people wanting it, a question like this, it may seem simple if you're in the know. Um, but still for, I think, a, a mainstream group might be some specialized knowledge. Uh, I asked this one n- this question on one night, and the results were one quarter of the teams got it right. And then the next night, I also had Dungeons and Dra- Dragons requested, and I had a different question written, but there weren't any teams at that trivia from the night before. So I, mm. I went with this one again, because I just felt like it was so solid. And it worked out to about the same effect. Huh. Okay. About a quarter of the teams. So I think that's good for a uh, for a trivia question. You know, uh, kind of tricky, you know, but uh, if you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And and I did know. I, I think I've mentioned before on here, the Anchorite 4, the band I was in, spent uh, band money on getting the player's handbook, the monster manual, and the dungeon master's guide. So, uh, you know, I think out of my garage, I might have the version four or 4.5 or no, maybe 3.5, uh, dungeon, the monster manual and monster manual two. So I got mad beast. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We should play Dungeons and Dragons sometimes. I, sometimes I wonder if, uh, I wonder if we could get enough, uh, no, no people to play, uh, to put on a little thing through discord, play a little I Dungeons and Dragons. Could. That would be I probably amazing. Yeah. It would probably be a bunch of nerds you think <laughs> they have to be <laughs> fair enough fair enough fair enough all right here's a question for you what actor I love that who pl- <laughs> me too uh, what actor who played frankenstein's monster in the 1931 film was born william william henry pratt what actor who played frankenstein's monster in the 1931 film was born william henry pratt I believe that's uh, Phil Hartman. No, no, it's not. Uh, I wish it's not Phil Hartman. Big rip. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, what's his name? Oh. Lon Chaney. Is that it? Is that a question or a statement? <laughs> I'm I'm like I'm trying to like shuffle off the other papers next to that name in my mind palace drawer here of uh uh early universal monsters or 
You said 1931? That's uh, old. Yeah. It's that an old one. Old. Is that even before Universal? I know they did all the classic monsters. Frankenstein's monster. Um, which, uh, interesting performance by Benedict Cumberbatch as Frankenstein's monster. I think that... Uh, we watched that during the pandemic, during lockdown, the theater of London or whoever put on that play with him in it, uh, made it available to watch. It's pretty good. He's a very good actor, but I'm going to go with Lon Chaney as my answer. Sorry. That's incorrect. The correct answer is Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff. Who did Lon Chaney play? Like the Phantom of the Opera or something? That sounds, yes, that sounds correct. Damn, Boris Korloff. What? Right. Huh? Did you say Boris Korloff? Isn't that what his name is? Karloff. Karloff. Not Korloff? Yeah. <laughs> correct. K-A-R-L-O-F-F. Karlon Karloff. When I was young, to give you an idea of how my upbringing was, I asked my parents if Frankenstein was Jewish because his last name, because his name ended with Stein. What did they say? They laughed a lot. <laughs> and uh, I don't remember what they said. They, I mean, you know, I think my parents were both, uh, you know how the 80s were. Yeah. Um, so well, I think to be Jewish, like, oh. you have, there's some pretty strict rules about, like, you know, who your mother is. And uh, I don't think they put him through Hebrew school. I don't think he had a bar mitzvah. Um, the congregation was not with him. I don't think yeah. <laughs> they weren't supporting Dude, him in his reading of the Torah. He's uncircumcised. <laughs> uh, medieval memes. My next medieval category memes. for you. Medieval memes. In medieval manuscripts, knights can frequently be seen battling what kind of armored creature? I know you love that word. <laughs> In medieval manuscripts, knights can frequently be seen battling what kind of armored creature? I don't like this question at all. No? Armored creature. Knights are only battling one armored creature. Frequently. Well, I mean, I, I would guess that knights are frequently ba battling a bunch of armored creatures. That's what knights do. Well, other knights, other than humans are <sighs> creatures. Oh my gosh. All right. Okay. I see where you go with this. That's you fair. know what I mean? <laughs> like, That's fair. Uh, giant versions of what kind of armored creature? How about that? <laughs> Okay. Um, it ain't humans. <laughs> it ain't battling humans. giant armored humans. Oh, I see. I, no, I'm taking your feedback here. I, this question needs to, the, the qualifier needs to be amended. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like there's a bunch of battling going on. When I did, when I did, well, in, uh, in medieval manuscripts. So there's okay. not that much. I mean, it's usually like illustrations and like the border and stuff like that. And uh, this is like an odd thing that you um, wouldn't expect, basically. But this is one of those kind of facts that floats around online. You sometimes see, you know, a meme showing it and stuff like that. But uh, kind of in the history sphere, you know, if you follow like a lot of history stuff online, you might see this pop up. These are called illuminated manuscripts. That's the term for when they're illustrated. Um, What armored creature 
And a giant version of it. Yes. Mm, I just don't know. Um, I'll say an armored. I'm going to say a horse. No, that's an interesting image, though. I'd love to see that a Monty Python-esque animation of knights battling a giant armored horse. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, snails is the answer. Oh, I've never seen that before in my life. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mm. if you Google it, knights battling snails manuscript, I'm sure it'll come up. And uh, it does look like something out of a Monty Python animation. Two things that don't look like they go together. (laughs) But, you know, the artists were getting a little fanciful with their battles. So yeah, why not yeah. a giant snail? Sports announcer Vin Scully had the longest tenure of any broadcaster with a single team in professional sports history with what major league baseball team? What's his name? Vern Scully? Vin, Vin? Scully. Vin Scully? He's got like a Mike and Irie name where I always thought it was Mike and Irie. If you say Vince Scully, it sounds like you're saying Vince Scully or mm-hmm. Vince Cully. Right. Vin, Vin Scully. Scully. Mike Canary. Vin Scully. Um, old baseball teams. The Chicago Cubs. The New York Mets. Those are the two old ones, I believe. Uh, Harry Carey was a announcer for the Cubs famously, but that doesn't mean that he was the only announcer. Maybe Vin Scully was over there. I don't know. Could be the Mets though. Vin. It's 50-50 here for me. Um, I mean, those are just old teams. It doesn't necessarily mean that they would have the announcer with the longest tenure, but I don't know, so I'm just going for a guess. I'm going to go with the New York Mets. I'm afraid that's incorrect. <sighs> the correct answer is the L.A. Dodgers, the Los Angeles oh, Dodgers. okay. West Coast yes. guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, uh, he's out there supporting that West Coast. He was, uh, he was on the West side. Um, he was with um, the Dodgers for 67 seasons, beginning in 1950. Wow. Ending in 2016. Wow. Yeah. That's a long time. Holy cow. Talk about knowing a fucking team, huh? Mm -hmm. Holy shit. I wonder what it would be like to go back and listen to like one of his first games and then one of his like last games. (laughs) He's just like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) It's like going in half Baseball people, dude. Baseball people are baseball people. I'm not one of them. Um, but baseball people, like when they get really into the mechanics of it, mm-hmm. um, man, they're, they're, they're out there. They love it. 
Well, it's, you know, commentators, they provide that ability that you can straight up just listen to a game, you know, mm-hmm. which uh, is kind of a rare form of entertainment, you know, like you can, if you're driving a lot, you know, maybe at night, you can just tune in and listen to the game without having to distract yourself from the road. Yeah. Novel concept. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. It's sticky. It's still around. I don't even <laughs> like go. baseball. And if I'm driving at night, I sometimes might cruise the dial and find a baseball game to listen to because mm-hmm. the commentators make it interesting. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny. Sometimes like, especially baseball, like now <laughs> far before it starts getting really heated up in October. Like, if it's like the middle of a day game, some fucking bullshit game that doesn't matter, they'll be like, strike one. You know, Lee, I uh, took my kid out to uh, Walmart the other day, and I was behind this woman. That's a ball. And uh, she bought 20 Zippo lighters. Wow, Mark. And I was just sitting to myself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's a lot of Zippos, Mark. All right. That's a, uh, that he throws a strike. And yeah, I was like, what are you doing? Trying to set fire to the, you know, it's just, it's like, just kind of like <laughs> mention every once in a while. They'll just, you know. Yeah. They treat it like it's a podcast. They got yeah. their own podcast going while they're calling the game. The game is like 5%. Well, you know, when something happens, though, they'll switch over into that mode. But yeah, yeah. Well, it's boring as shit and they know it. Well, even they'll tell you, I guess some I guess the New York Mets. It wasn't the New York Mets, but I'm sticking with New York for my next category. This is a Broadway musical. I'm going to be asking you about Wicked. The Broadway musical (laughs) Wicked, as John Travolta would say. Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) In Wicked, it is said that the father of Elphaba, the Wicked Witch of the West, is the governor of what fictional region first described in the Oz stories by Frank L. Baum, which inspired the musical's source material? Was it Alec Baldwin who narrated the Royal Tenenbaums? Yes. Um, I, I ever since that I've, I've pronounced his name L Frank Baum. I've gotten very into pronouncing B A U M Baum. Hmm. The Royal Tenenbaums. Mm-hmm. Baum, Baum. I mean, it, either one's fine. I just, for whatever reason, I got a hard on for saying Baum now. That Baum, Baum, Baum. In Wicked, it is said that the father of Elphaba, the Wicked Witch of the West, is the governor of which fictional region? First described in the Oz stories by Frank L. Baum. 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 Which inspired the musical's source material. Frank Baum! Frank, 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 Frank You wrote The Wizard of Oz! The father of Elphaba! Is governor of what fictional region? Um, Fictional region. Um... Is it the place with the flying monkeys? I don't even know if I know the. I, I'm going to say the. I'm going to say. Um, I don't. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't know if I know the names of the regions. I don't know if they were said in the movie. If they weren't said in the movie, I have no hope. 
And even if they said where they were in the movie, I don't have much hope. I'm going to see that weird fucking forest. Is it the Emerald Forest? Is that what it's called? Everything is Emerald. It's Who not fucking knows? Emerald City. No, no. Emerald it's Emerald City. City. It's not the forest either. Munchkin Land. Is it, it is much. I almost said fucking Munchkin Land, and I was like, "That's not right." It is but right. It is correct. It's the most correct you could have been. Munchkin Land. Fuck. Yep. Should have gone with your instinct there. I should have. I should. I. I also thought that Munchkin Land was maybe a little too low hanging fruit. If it was right, we're in the first round here, Mark. That's where you can expect my low hanging fruit. It's true. You're in the first round. I love it when your fruit hangs low. <laughs> well, that is our first round of questions. Let's take a little break, and then we'll be right back with a missed correction about a missed correction when we get back. Okay, we're back. It's time for a missed correction. Missed correction. Mark Solo missed correction. I mean, you, Mark, you can also feel free to use one of Mike's, sir. No, no, no. We're letting Motor you have liquor. that one. This week, it's your week, buddy. Okay. You're on Solo. Hell yeah. I'm going to produce that bad boy. Pull a <laughs> reverb on that. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Put a little music behind it. So I said in the last uh, miscorrection segment, there's 33 amendments. That was including six unratified amendments, which people don't usually regard as an amendment. So uh, 27 numbered amendments. That's what we're going with. And I need a civics re-education. Even if I can pull the occasional Chester A. Arthur completely out of my ass. It's dark over here, man. It is dark over here. (laughs) Yeah, that was that was amazed. That was a, that was that was amazing. <laughs> I'll tell my kids about that. I don't have kids and I won't, but if I did, I would. If you'd like to write us with a missed correction, a rate my question, or even just a little no note, you can write to us at no nonsense trivia at gmail.com. Call us at 1-929-356-6966 or find us on social media. And please uh please take a moment to give us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Every review helps substantially and it makes us feel good to read them. So thanks to those of you who have done that. And uh, please take a moment to do that. If you haven't. Oh yeah. Lee. Mark. I like how you say, find me, find us on social media. <laughs> Hunt us you know, find us. Just type it in. Yep. No nonsense trivia. Yeah. Give me a We're question. Huh? We out here. 80s sitcoms. Oh, 1980s. 1880s. Gordon Shumway is the protagonist of what sitcom? Do you know this already? Yeah. (laughs) Alien life form. Alf. That's right. From Planet Melmac. You got it. Let's get lucky. You're Alf fanatics. He's fucking cats. That fucking cat terrified what a terrible life he was like trying to like blow that cat up improvised explosive devices 
All sorts yeah. of stuff on that. My question was, Gordon Shumway is the protagonist of what sitcom that debuted in 1986 and had two animated spinoff series? And this was actually a stumper, another stumper at my trivia. Really? Mm-hmm. God, Again, I'm about old. a quarter of our uh, teams getting that right. So this uh, is this is my uh, this I love to do impressions as you know mm-hmm. this is my impression of the father played by Max Wright I can't remember the character's name but I remember the actor who played him it wasn't this Fred is, was it no um, I feel like oh, Barney Rubble and Alf's voice are very similar to each other hey Fred yeah they get the same kind of like dopey yeah. sounding hey. this is uh, this is the dad on Alf whenever Alf would do something Alf. <laughs> yeah you captured it thank you you got it loved the, i mean and the great theme song featuring the saxophone in 1980s huge sax time if you were a sax player man people in like 20 fucking 80 will be like 1980s 100 years ago that was the time for saxophone <laughs> like i wish if i could if i could be reborn in any era it would be the 80s Fucking sitcoms, saxophones all over the place, uh, pop music, saxophones all over the place. The guy at the uh, apex of that mountain is clearly the guy from the Lost Boys. Of course. Shirt yeah. off, oiled up. Oh, all greased up, mm-hmm. horny as hell. He still Just, tours. Oh, yeah. he. Um, his name is something Capello. Tim or Capello. Something like that. And uh, yeah, he played at Howl. Um He's and he was all greased up and people were all up there and Amanda, who was a past guest, she got to dance with him and uh, and and I think mock some sax playing with him. So good. uh, Good time to be alive. Be a sax player. Absolutely. You can just go crazy. The air of Clarence Clemens. Saxophone player four. Don't know. E Street Band. Oh, okay. Clarence Clemens. Yes, yes. You um you famously drew a picture of your wife on a uh, on a on a tarot card, a tarot card. That's right. Here's a tarot question for you. Oh. How many major arcana cards are there in a standard deck of tarot cards? Hmm. Well, I don't know the answer to this uh, for sure, but I think I have looked at this once or twice, um, maybe just like a full list of cards, Um, and I want to say that there's more than a few. I'm thinking 8 to 12. That's my range. I hate to just use the median value here and go with 10, but... I just don't know. So I'm going to go with 10. Sorry, that's incorrect. <laughs> 22 is the correct answer. 22. Oh, okay. That is a lot. There's 21 and like a zero card. The fool is basically like the extra card, kind of ah, like the joker. That's the one that Kyle requested that I draw there her you on. Are. Yeah. She was like, make me a dummy. Mm hmm. I, you know, I enjoyed working on that piece and, uh, we put our cat in it. I did a little portrait of Dizzy the cat in the, uh, mm-hmm. in the drawing. And we have shirts. If you, uh, if you like Kylan's music and you want a shirt that I designed, you can uh, find that on my website, brushnida.com. There you go. B R E S H N Y D A, brushnida.com. Phonetical. 
Yeah. 90s music. We've got a 90s music quiz coming up at Ollie's on August 27th. Here's a uh, question. Gives you a little taste. taste. Yeah. Which 1998 dance pop song was the first popular song to deliberately distort a vocal track with auto-tune? If I get close to the name, can I get it? Uh, no, I need the name of the song. That's what I'm asking for. Uh, I don't even need the say, artist. I just need the name of the song. 1998. Believe. That's correct. Believe by Cher. <sighs> Do you believe in love after love? Yep. There's auto tune all over that song. Um, mm-hmm. Usually, typically used to correct people's voices, but there it was used for effect. And I think there's been some trend. Yeah. I think there's been some stories that they were doing it just to like try and correct something, but when they left it on, they heard it was all wobbly and they were like, that's cool. And they were like, just fucking leave it on there. And they did. And now look, now look what we have to deal with. You had uh, Jay Z doing a response song years later, death of auto tune, right? Yeah. So it's, it's died. It's become reborn. It's there now. It's just a part of the uh, the musical over of American pop culture. <laughs> Indeed. All right. I'm going to tell you before I ask this question, I, I need you to be specific. Okay. I need you to be kind of specific here. On April. You know what? You may have asked this a long time ago. Well, Ooh. whatever. We'll let it fly. I don't think you've got anything right yet. So maybe you <laughs> asked it before and you'll, and you'll get it. Wow. A On April question, 1st. <laughs> No, 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 no. I was going to ask this anyway, but then I realized after I started, because I know that you like to do, you know, oh, well, this it's it, April Fool's Day is coming up. So I'm asking an April Fool's question. Mm. You got a, you got a hard on for that stuff. So maybe, maybe you <laughs> ask us on April 1st, 1957. And I say that with love. Of course. Not with yeah, hate. A good, a good hard on. <laughs> I hope you wouldn't say that with hate. <laughs> On April 1st, 1957, the BBC TV news program, and that's program spelled P-R-O-G-R-A-M-M-E, Panorama convinced thousands of English viewers that what type of Italian food grew on trees? Ah, yes, the spaghetti bushes. There you are. Yes. Yep. Good job. Mm-hmm. A lot of people got mad at me because they put pasta And I did not give it to them. And they were like, well, spaghetti is pasta. And I said, but pasta wasn't growing on the trees. You got a whole pasta farm. How many trees you got? You got a penne tree. You got a spaghetti Mm -hmm. tree. You got a linguine tree. You got a lasagna sheet tree. (laughs) (laughs) You got an angel hair underneath the ground. You got to pull it up by its roots. Yeah. You got tortellini sprouts coming up out of the ground. (laughs) The fuck is this? No, it's spaghetti bushes. Hell yeah. 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 Everybody knows that. I'm really trying try to tell you a pasta bush. Come on. I know. Only two or three teams got it right. Spaghetti. Spaghetti. All right. Uh, here is a question about drug names. Drug names are oh, category. Oh, yeah. Which brand name anxiety drug takes part of its name from the Latin word for farewell? Which Jesus. brand name anxiety drug takes part of its name from the Latin word for farewell? Hopefully saying bye to the anxiety and not to anything else. Um, part of the original uh, thing that I looked up for this said it could be farewell or good night. But I think uh, farewell is the more co- was the more common usage for this word. 
Maybe the effect is a good night, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To be honest with you, I'm going to show my ass a little bit here because I'm not sure what drugs are specifically for anti-anxiety. I I know I've heard of them and, you know, but in my mind, there are some things I I think I probably know a little bit more than like, it's not Ritalin. Um, Lithium, I don't think is an anti-anxiety drug. Well, maybe it is, or it's an antidepressant. It's one of the two. Farewell or good night. Something with Psalm. Um, trying to think of like something that means good night in Latin. Oh, geez. I'm like completely drawing a blank. I know I've heard of different drugs. Uh, I'll just say lithium. No, I'm sorry. The answer I'm is myself. Valium. Veil. Fuck. Veil. Okay, the, uh, well, Latin I never word. would have guessed that, but that's that's a much better guess than fucking lithium. Yeah, not bad. <sighs> hey, not two bad. out of three ain't bad. You got two out of three this round. Hey, two out of three ain't bad. As the song goes. You got mm-hmm. one last one for me? Oh, please, Lee. I got one last one for you. Yeah, for the round. Son of a bitch. I got so many for you. <laughs> what country group won a Grammy in 2007 with the album Taking the Long Way? What country group won a Grammy in 2007 with the album Taking the Long Way? Hmm. Country group. Uh. 2000s um Lone Star Florida Georgia Line Brooks and Dunn is more of a 90s group Alabama I think is like late 70s 80s We go with Lone Star I'm sorry, that's incorrect. The artist formerly known as the Dixie Chicks, now known as the, the Chicks. Chicks, okay. Yes. What's it called? The Long Way? Take the Long Way. Take the Long Way in 2007. Take, take or Taking the Long Way. It's one of the two. Is that the one with Goodbye Earl and everything on it? Or taking I, the Long I Way. I thought that came out maybe a little earlier in 2007. They had a pretty big run there in the 2000s. Early 2000s. They owned that time. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see here. Oh, it's the last album they used the Dixie Chicks name. Um, Their hit single was I Hope. Um, Mm. And Not Ready to Make Nice was the first physical single from the album. It would have been nice if uh, you included those. Hmm. Well, sorry. (laughs) Let's take a little break, and then uh, we're going to come back, and we're going to rate a question mark. Oh, I can't. It's been a long time, baby. Yeah. Let's do it. Let me tell someone their shit sucks. Let's do it. Maybe. If it it does suck. If it's good, we'll tell them that, too. (laughs) We're going to call it like we see it. Yeah, we're going to call it like it is. When we come back. Lone Star. 
Lone Star. Were they active in the, in 2007? A lot of people guessing Rascal Flats. Do you have any words you like? Do you have any like favorite words? Yeah, man. Actually, it's one of them is Rascal and the other one is Flats. <laughs> believe it or not. I, I don't believe. Are you being serious? No. Okay, I didn't think so. <laughs> Uh, words I like. Liquid. Okay, I can I can totally see that. The vowel is almost mirrored, but the start and end is different. It's got that Q in the middle, which is like a unique thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Loquacious, another one that's Ooh, like that. Loquacious. Mm-hmm. I might have to do loquacious for mispronounced words. <laughs> yes, you should definitely do that one. Laquacius. All right, we're back, and it's time for a rate my question. Rate my question. You let me go solo today. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good, my man. Thanks. You're killing it. If I would have known I was doing more solo, I would have scattered a little bit more. You can take it again if you want. Squeed up, bow, bow, boo, bow, bow, squeed up, dot, bow, bow. Wait, my question. Oh yeah. I love it. Just off the cuff, you know. Nice. The Cab Calloway of no-nonsense trivia <laughs> themes. It's the weirdest, most niche thing to be. The Vin Scully of the no-no. <laughs> the Vince Cully. This is from Caitlin. Caitlin writes, hey, hey, I love the podcast. I just started listening to it this summer on a road trip, and it has inspired me to make a behemoth of a trivia game for a family beach trip next week. With 25 family members. What do you both think of my favorite question that I wrote for the game? Hey, hey to you. We love you. Ha. Yeah. Thanks for listening, Kaylin. Here's her question. Although humans used to eat many kinds of bananas, there's only one type of banana sold globally today. This is problematic as it is susceptible to a deadly fungus that could wipe out all commercially grown bananas. This banana also shares its name with the arch enemy of the Lone Ranger. What is the name of this banana variety? Thanks, mm. Caitlin from Maryland. Well, I know someone's not getting a short and sweet. Well, we did. We have had some banana talk on this podcast before. We've talked about the Gross Michelle. Oh, of course. The Big Mike. Mm-hmm. But there's another one, isn't there? Apparently so. The Big Mike, I think, is the one that the artificial banana flavoring is modeled after. I believe that's correct. And then we have a more common variety that we eat today called the... I feel like we've talked about this before, Mark. Do you? I feel like we have two. Do you know it? No. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think about it, though. It's the... Uh, not the Callaway banana. Well, I mean, let's start with it's Lone Ranger's enemy. Yeah. Do we know that? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's no help. Tonto is his uh, sidekick. Mm-hmm. Silver is his horse. Hi-ho. Mm-hmm. And his enemy is Cab Callaway. Skitty bop 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 beep bop. The squiggly dow banana. 
the bibbity bop. Oh, Banana. one of my uh, Disney team names was uh, Bibbity Bobbity Booyah. Oh, okay. Then they're going to like that version I did if they listen. Um, Carv- Carvon? Carv- Car- the Carv... The Carvanchi? The Carvant... Cavarell? That doesn't sound familiar, but that also doesn't mean much. That it doesn't sound familiar. Cavaranch? Mm-hmm. Cav- Cavernish? Cavendish. Cavendish. Isn't that something? The Cavendish banana? I, I think we should go with it. What the hell? Did we just get it? Well, Hold I don't on, know. Look. Cavendish is definitely a thing. Okay, so we're saying Cavendish is our answer. Mm-hmm. The Lone Ranger fighting against his arch nemesis, Cavendish. The Cavendish. So we're right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy we shit. Nailed it. God yes. damn. Well, now I like the question a lot. <laughs> Um, before we get into pibs, cause I feel you got some hard work ahead of you. I can already, I'm oh no, throwing... I already know what I'm doing. Oh, okay. Go ahead. This is getting a pib for me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Popular. Yeah, okay. yeah. Food always requested. Usually, uh, sometimes <laughs> I even get fruits, uh, specifically <laughs> people love... always requested. Usually. <laughs> We're at sixty percent of the time, all the time. <laughs> Always, Always requested, usually. usually. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Usually, there's at least one request for a food type question. So gotcha. uh, this could, I think, people are interested in food trivia generally. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a very interesting fact. Um, I do think that we've mentioned this in the podcast maybe a couple of years ago at this point. Um, and the built-in hint with the Lone Ranger. Uh, that did not help me. I think it was just our knowledge, our previous knowledge of having talked about this and trying to sound out the name that got us there. But if you are familiar with the Lone Ranger, this is definitely a hint. Uh, mm-hmm. They did re- do a, a Disney live action Lone Ranger movie in the last uh, about a decade ago, I think, at this point. Johnny Depp is Tonto, right? Mm-hmm. And a little problematic casting. Maybe, yeah, and maybe Army Hammer is he the lead? Uh, the cannibal guy? Dude, oh my god! Still blows my mind that his fucking name is Army Hammer, which is Spanglish for Arm and Hammer. <laughs> Who in the fuck did that? <laughs> I didn't know that's a very Arm like loose E Hammer. <laughs> I know that's a very loose idea of of Spanglish. Well, you got to realize yeah, yeah, that you've got to, but you know, <laughs> it's like if you know no Spanish except E is and. Yeah, it's like Mark E. Mark and the Funky Bunch, <laughs> yeah. the original name of the live band karaoke band. Yep, and um, uh, no S here. It's a bit lengthy. I think you could summarize it goes, this. It's like the foreword to a book about the banana. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think you could summarize this and get it all into one thing. But this is, you know, it's a particular style of quiz writing, and I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with doing it this way. I this agree, especially if you're doing choice. a family thing, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like it's lax. It's your fucking 25 family members or whatever. Um, 
you know, and you're just you're just kind of giving some information. It's it's nice and yep. and free flowing. This is definitely suited towards like a, a one time get together type thing. Friends playing trivia, family members playing trivia. But if you're if you're asking like 21 questions a night on the microphone, you might want to shorten this up a little bit, uh, condense it, because people are trying to listen for hints mm-hmm. as well as uh, you know you don't want to be reading all night long. What's her name again? Caitlin. Caitlin in another universe there's a there's a Bizarro Lee who would rate this Pibble for the L standing for long and loquacious. Long and loquacious. Where he, where he loves a long question that has a nice storied history in it where you're you're waxing nostalgic waxing poetic about the history of the banana and giving a bunch of information in one question. I'm going to give this question an A. I think it could be shortened up just a hair. Um, it may be a little difficult, but I love that about it. I, I give it somewhere between an A and an A+. plus. Okay. I like that. Pibble. I'll give pibble. it a pibble in another universe. I'll give it a pib here. Bizarro League gives it a pibble. And we, we got a uh, follow-up here from Caitlin. Caitlin writes, hey. Just one hey this is it, time. Is it about bananas? I wanted to send a follow-up email to accompany my last as I just got back from my beach trip where the trivia night I put together for my family was a huge success. Congratulations, Kalen. Yeah. Most of the questions were great, but turns out the question I submitted to you last week was w- not one of the good ones. No one knew Uh-oh. the answer about the bananas. <laughs> well, okay. Well, well, some people I know, know a couple. Some I know a couple know of pretty handsome guys that did. Having 25 people ages 14 to 85 not be able to answer the question was all the rating I needed. Here's a different question from the quiz that I think was much better. I also included the links for both questions and answers because I forgot last time. Thank you, Caitlin. Here is the question. Uh, this is the better question in, in Caitlin's mind. And which, I just want to say real quick, mm-hmm. the fact that no one got it right might make it a better question. Just say it. Maybe they need to know. Yeah, maybe they just need to know a little bit more. Second question for Caitlin. Which founding father invented the pros and cons list? Maybe he used one when he helped to draft the Treaty of Paris, the Constitution, and the Declaration of Independence, making him the only founding father to contribute to all three documents. This... I'm already going to say is an A+. This is a great fucking question. Which founding father invented the pros and cons lists? Maybe he used one when he helped to draft the Treaty of Paris, the Constitution, and the Declaration of Independence, making him the only founding father to contribute to all three documents. Yeah, that's a good God, question. That's a good question. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, let's let's try and come up with an answer here. Well, we know who the fucking Brainiac founding father is, don't we? It's Fart our man proudly. Benny. It's our yeah, it's our man Benny Franks. He wrote an I mean, essay called was, Fart Proudly. Yep. Don't Wanted hold the it turkey in. to be our national bird. He's a nerd. He invented the fucking uh the uh the glass harmonica. He invented all other kinds of crazy shit. Why not the pros and cons list? They say founding father, not a president. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like he'd be a pros and cons guy 
first person I'm coming coming out with. Um, I mean, could be. I I don't know who is responsible for all three. I mean, we can definitely look at the people that signed the Declaration of Independence. Um, Herbie Hancock. No. Famously. I don't think it was him. No. No. Okay. He was uh he was the guy who uh I think he was president of Congress. But he was basically just like kind of like making sure that uh the first Congress got their shit together and, and got things done. Okay. Um I don't think he was much of a wordsmith. We're looking at um you know Ben Franklin, as you met, as you mentioned, great guess. Thomas Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson, uh, drafted the declaration of independence and he had a uh, history in France. So maybe the hmm. treaty of Paris, you know, could, could be a, uh, a factor there. Um, I don't know if he got involved legislatively, though, diplomatically with uh, France. I know that he was interested in their their math and their sciences. He actually designed for a, a French scientist to come over and extol the virtues of the metric system to Congress <laughs> in the United States. And on the way over, the ship was attacked by pirates. The guy was kidnapped and ultimately, I think, returned back to Europe at some point, never made it over to the United States. If he did, we might have the metric system instead of the imperial system over here. But that's a story for a different question. James Madison also, I think, was a diplomat to France and also a founding father. If I remember Hmm. correctly, our fifth, fourth president? He's early. He's in there. He's in the mix. So those are the three names I'm thinking. Ben Franklin seems like the type to ma- be making pros and cons lists. He really does. I'm just having a hard time getting off him. Mm-hmm. You, you know, know. Him? yeah, Ben Franklin. We're going to say Benjamin Franklin because he's Benjamin. If you know what I'm saying? This is from uh, Austin K. Leon, Austin Cleon's Tumblr. The birth of the pros and cons list. Benjamin Franklin, 1772 oh, letter to Joseph Priestley. My dude. He's folding a sheet of paper in half. Two columns. Pro on one side. Con on the other. Ben Franklin. That's my dude. And smart enough to never become president. Indeed. So much more respect. Yeah, he's like, you know what? Keep me the fuck out of there. A plus. I'll be hanging here with my turkeys. A plus. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. I'm gonna give this a. Uh, I'm gonna give this a lowercase p, mainly just because I think uh, for Americans this is a capital P for sure. U.S. presidents, U.S. history, but for a global audience. This, uh, I don't know where this would rank, popularity-wise. 
I don't know if this is like, you know, for our listeners in Australia, I mean, I New think Zealand, that's, if they're... Uh, you always compare stuff to how popular it is, how people request it at your trivia. That's true. You never, you never go by... Our, our audience is expanding, though, you know? So now it's got me uh, it's got me thinking about specifically just, you know, for questions on the podcast. Caitlin here from Maryland, there is a, a lot of history you know, in that, in that area. So obviously in Maryland, this is going to be like, you know, pretty, uh, pretty popular subject matter. And down here in Southwest Florida. Yeah. We get us history, you know, I'll give it a capital P it's yeah, you know, come on. getting a P at all is a good thing. Yeah, I know. But I, know? I think, I think president and, there- and founding father, et cetera, politics as a, in general politics, I'd say is a pretty popular, thing we've we've asked about it on damn near every episode if i'm getting the uh i don't know about that we don't ask that in every every episode but if we're given the banana question a capital p that's like you could ask that worldwide that's a global question it's capital p everybody loves that question i don't know p.5 it's as high as i'm going p.5 it's capital p uh capital i very interesting I couldn't give this more of a capital B. You know, people across the world use the pros and cons list. Do they not wonder where it came from? (laughs) All right. It came from a little man named Benjamin Franklin. You need to give it a capital P. You need to just fucking do it. P.5. And you know what? I'm even going to give this a a lowercase s. Not my favorite format. Multiple. uh, There's like a question at the beginning and then a a statement at the end. But uh, I don't think that this needs that much cleanup. It's kind of short. The only thing I would have done is mm -hmm. I would have said, uh, I was going to mention this in mind, so let me butt in here. I probably would have said, um, who I would have worded it, who is the inventor of the pros and cons list, uh, which they may have used instead of making it like a second sentence. Um, you know, where you stop yep. and then say they may have used it, but I, that's not a reason for me to bump it from an A plus to an A. Yeah. It's an A plus. That's a great question. Yep. So I'm going to give this one, uh, I'm going to give this one pibs, but I'm going to say, I like the banana question better. Mm, so I gave that one only a pib, but I prefer that question. I think I prefer this question just cause I feel, you know, my only real gripe with this question is that it might be a little too easy. I kind of was hoping that the answer was going to be a dark horse. Like Madison I was kind of hoping Jefferson. the answer was going to be a Madison. Uh, but it was the old dude who fucking... As a matter of fact, it was. I was almost like... Benjamin Franklin does too much cool shit that he came up with this. I almost took him out of fucking contention. <laughs> but we it didn't was even him. mention the uh, key on the kite. No, we didn't. You know? All we sorts didn't. of stuff. Yeah. Good boy. Kalen, great questions. Thank you so much for writing in. If you'd like to yes. write us with a rate my question. Or rate us with a write my question. You can do so at no nonsense trivia at gmail.com or give us a call at 1-929-356-6966. Or you can send us a voice memo at no nonsense trivia at gmail.com. Either way, get your voice on the show. Caitlin, call in next time and also tell us about where you're going to start doing trivia because you've got all the makings of a trivia quiz master. Yeah, these are great questions. I mean, come on. If this is the shit you're just coming up with a family thing, get paid, girl. Mm -hmm. You know, put a little tip jar out, make some extra cash. 
Mm-hmm. It's good to be the quiz master. It is. Mark, do you have a final question for me? I do. What state's nicknames include Mother of Rivers, the Switzerland of America, and the Centennial State? Hmm. One what time, state's please. nicknames include Mother of Rivers, Switzerland of America, and the Centennial State? Mother of Rivers, Switzerland of America, and the Centennial State. I wonder if it's called the Centennial State because it became a state in 1876, a hundred years after the uh, Declaration of Independence was signed. Mother of Rivers. I'm thinking it's somewhere along the Mississippi River. If it's at the mother, if it's the mother, maybe it's at the top. The Switzerland of America. Swiss cheese. Is it Wisconsin, maybe? A state known for its cheese? I doubt it. It's probably in reference to something else. I think Minnesota is known for its lakes. I'll go with Wisconsin. Sorry, that's incorrect. <sighs> what if I told you that one of its other nicknames is the highest state? Colorado? Colorado is correct. Wow. Yes. The Switzerland of America. Colorado became the 38th state in 1876. Okay. Which was the 100-year anniversary of the 1776 signing of the Declaration of Independence signed by our pros and cons man. Did you say Herbie Hancock earlier? I did. You meant to say John Hancock. No, I was making a reference to the hit motion picture Tommy Boy. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. I just missed the joke. You did. I can't believe you're just now getting there. (laughs) Holy cow. Speaking of the highest state. (laughs) I'm there. I've got a cars question for you. Oh, great. The band? No. Rick Ocasek. The the vehicle type. Okay. Cars. Not the cars. Okay. What model car had an engine in the back, a trunk in the front, and was profiled in Ralph Nader's book, unsafe at any speed which led to the creation of the national highway traffic safety administration and the inclusion of industry-wide safety standards such as seat belts this was a uh, revolutionary car in the wrong way it showed what not to do uh Inspiring legislation. What model car had an engine in the back, a trunk in the front, and was profiled in Ralph Nader's book, Unsafe at Any Speed, which led to the creation of the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the inclusion of industry-wide safety standards, such as seatbelts? I wonder if you got this. I I think I know this, and I don't want to talk myself out of it. Um, I think that this was talked about on an episode of You're Wrong About which I was talking about a little bit on um, on uh, the Discord server. Um, 
with somebody, I think maybe motor liquor, because I was talking of, uh, when I was deep into listening a bunch of episodes of, uh, you're wrong about, I came on and, and gave a, uh, my name is Mark and I'm still reading a book about the satanic panic because Sarah Marshall, who I can't, that's actually her name, not to be confused with forgetting Sarah Marshall has been, and I don't know if she's ever really put it out yet. Um, was writing a book about the satanic panic because they did a very early episode on it. And I believe they may have talked about this. If not, I, I read about it somewhere else. I believe the answer is the Ford Pinto. No, I'm sorry. <sighs> that is an answer that a few teams wrote down. A few teams also wrote down the correct answer. The Chevy Corvair. The oh, Chevy Corvair is the answer. Okay. Few teams saying, mm. I've never even heard of that car, but yes, indeed, that is the car that was profiled in Ralph Nader's book, Unsafe at Any Speed, which led to the creation of the National mm. Highway Traffic Safety Administration. A car so notorious that some folks haven't even heard of it. I've never heard of it, I don't think. Maybe I have, and I just don't remember. Um, but I think there was an episode on you're wrong about where they talk about, maybe it was the Chevy Corvair, maybe it was the, the Pinto, but it was one where they were catching on fire. That was the Pinto. That the was the Pinto. Yeah. The Pinto, I think had the, uh, exploding gas tank was the, mm-hmm. that's uh, it. That's the problem it. That's that it had. It. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this, uh, this question, I mean, it's a bit sneaky in that respect because I feel like the Pinto is actually the more notorious car. More, most people are more mm-hmm. aware of the Pinto. Um, but maybe the uh, detail about Ralph Nader's book and, you know, the direct lineage of inspiring, uh, seatbelts and stuff like that in cars. I, I do remember reading about Ralph Nader being the reason that we have seatbelts in every car and um, a consumer report and all that good stuff. Yep. Man, remember when he was running for president all the time? Yep. He uh, <laughs> It's kind of beyond those days, I think, at this point. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what I'd, we I'd, got George I'd, W. Bush instead. <laughs> yeah, I'd, what I'd give to have him as a president now. Oh, my God. The last the 20 years, man. Have. Yeah. Oh the last boy. fucking 20 years. <laughs> Anyways, on that note. Yes. We're not, tr- we're not supposed to get political on this. You know, we don't no. want to lose any listeners. So we are refraining from any kind of political conversation. Well, uh, to Ralph, be fair. Ralph Nader is a totally neutral character in this uh, trivia question. We prefer nor condemn Ralph Nader, just so it is clear. Yeah, and in I the last like 20 though, years, there honest. have been Republicans and Democrats in the White House. So when you say the last 20 years, we're, we're, we're covering all bases. Indeed. You can probably even go back further than 20 years. In fact, <laughs> yeah. you can go back way <laughs> farther than that. Yeah. Thanks, last- everybody, for listening to this episode of the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast. Please uh, join us every Friday morning for a new episode by subscribing to No Nonsense Trivia Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. You can support the no-no in several ways. The easiest by sharing this episode on your social media accounts with your friends. You could also leave us a written review on your favorite podcast platform. And you can support the podcast on Patreon by visiting our website, thenono.com, clicking the support link at the top, which will take you to our Patreon page. Thank you to our Patreon supporters for helping us out with the show, including our new Rumpel Snailed Skin, Kate. Thank you, Thank Kate. Thank you, Kate. We appreciate you. 
A big thanks to our quiz daddies Blake, aka Motor Liquor, Brandon Long, Adam Volk at Esma and Redcrest Chicken, Tim with Pat's Garden Service, Tommy, and Gil. It's Gil. Our team captains Matt, Mo, Rick G, Skyler, Kristen, Fletcher, Lydia, OG, Aaron, and David Holbrook, David Holbrook, David Holbrook. Thanks to our proverbial light keepers, Mike K, Adam, Cole, Frank, Trent, Grant, Rob, Captain Nick Williams, Kate, Rachel, Moo, Tim Gomez, aka Mappy1984, Lucas, Carly, Sarah, Cooper, Hank, Luke, Matthew, Spencer, Lisa, Ryan, Adam, John Lewis, Nabil, Ricky F, Justin P. Justin, popular U.S. founding fathers questions. And Justin M. Justin Munchkinland. And thanks for Rumpel Snailskins, Ian, Andrea, Aleo, Tim, Binsky, Nathan, Issa, Sai, Kara, Megan, Christopher, Brandon, Ed, Dylan, Sarah, Fox and Five, Laurel, Aaron, H-Bomb, Lauren, MJ, Steven, Kenya, Dallas at all of my favorite things from the screen, Allison, Paige, Kevin, Sarah, Alex, and Mike J. If you'd like to write us with a rate my question. Or rate us with a write my question. A missed correction, or even just a little no-note. No nonsense trivia at gmail.com is the email address, or you can give us a call at 1-929-356-6966. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at No Nonsense oh. Trivia. And on Twitter at No Non Trivia. If you'd like to hang out with us throughout the week, we have a Discord channel you can join. Just check the show notes for that. We also have a Facebook group. The link for that is also in the show notes. Or you can just go on Facebook and search for the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast to join us there. And finally, don't forget to leave us a rating on your favorite podcast service. Five Five stars stars only, please. please. Until next time, No Nonsense listeners. Have a great week.